Okay, welcome back everybody to Locked on Spurs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I am your host today, uh, Ryan McCallum. I don't know why it took me so long to remember my own name. Uh, and I'm with me is Jose Grijalva. Jose, how you doing today, man? Uh, I'm okay. I'm back to my usual regimen. Shoulders, and uh, legs, and now I do abs. Right? No, I call it flabs. Uh, until I actually get abs, it's flab day. So I'm I- pretty worn out. Well, I'm a little low energy today, too. I don't know why. I'm kind of tired. It's getting close to Halloween. I've been trying to do the Stranger Things marathon. Uh, oh, man. Almost through the first episode of uh, season two. It's taken a lot longer than I thought. And I had a big Mexican food lunch. Um, I got a number 35, a couple of chicken enchiladas. Uh, number 35? From where? Uh, Camino Real. So, and they go all the way up to number 35. Or what do they go up to, number bro, 40? They go up to like 60. It's a huge oh. menu. It's a huge menu. And it's all kind of the same thing, you know, but it's variations of it. But um, these were these were chicken suisses. Uh, so it's a little bit like the sour cream sauce a little bit, you know, so it's kind of heavy. Um, and it just, it just weighed me down a little bit. I'm a little, I'm just groggy after that. Big meal. The thing is, the food is awesome, but it's not homemade tortillas. And so that's... Kind of a cardinal sin, you know what I mean? I mean, well, it is. It's like the whole thing. If you got homemade tortillas, that goes a long way. These are fake tortillas, but all the rest of it's really good. Fake tortillas. Today I'm eating flautas. I'm, I'm after this. Uh, we're recording this. I'm probably gonna kill six of them, and then for you know maybe two hours later, I'll kill another six. <laughs> Just to to round out the day. Yeah, I mean that's normal for me. Uh, I, I miss going to a buffet. It's huge. that's normal for me, you know, like uh, eating the majority of the food around the house. Do you have but yeah, a I mean, Mexican food buffet out there? Oh no, the only buffet here in Douglas is actually the KFC buffet, what? which isn't too bad. KFC I mean, buffet. I, yeah, yeah, the KFC here has a buffet. Tell me about this buffet. That sounds awesome. I mean, they'll have pastel español. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, it's like tortillas. I mean, and you know. Uh, uh, chicken and, and like KFC. you put it in the yeah like, like the like it's like a pie it's called spanish pie look it up it, it's delicious but i usually just go for the chicken i don't even mess with like the vegetables and the dessert i mean not. i'll just kill i'll just kill like 12 pieces of chicken i murder them yeah You're looking for protein yeah they usually look at me all weird though like yo it's that guy because you never go in there with a date. You're always in there by yourself on a Friday night. You cry after you eat your third plate. I mean, it, it, people stare at you. I get it. Well, well I'm like, I'm the first, I'm that type of person who eats like the bone marrow and all that. Like I'll see, <laughs> I'll, I'll eat everything except the bone. Gross. I, I Gross. Love it. That's my favorite part. Just gnawing on it. Oh, nasty. Well, let's let's talk uh, Spurs because people are, are tired of hearing about your eating habits. Uh, DeJounte Murray, man, this guy is coming back down to earth. Uh, oddly enough, he's fifth in the team in scoring at eight and a half a game. He, he started out the year strong, really strong. Uh, great defense, uh, good shooting percentage, super efficient. Um, but this guy just got outplayed by Darren Collison in that Pacer game, which is uh, sad, very sad to say. I forgot that Victor Oladipo is now a Pacer it was a very strange game. DeJounte Murray was not impressive, uh, just disappointing. And he's had a couple of games like that in a row. You know, you expected him to have a tough time against the league's better point guards. And you saw that with Joran Dragic out there in Miami. But he should be. I mean, I know he's a sophomore in this league. 
But Darren Collison's not, it's not like he's very good. Uh, he's been around for a while. He's definitely NBA talent, but so is DeJounte Murray. You expect him to take the step forward against point guards like that, those mid-tier players, mid-to-low-tier players like Darren Collison. Um, but he just got outplayed and was just totally unimpressive. What's going on with with uh, uh, with this guy? I mean, should we do we have high expectations? Should we continue these these high expectations with Dejounte Murray, or do you just have like your fingers crossed? Are you checking the calendar for the date when Tony Parker comes back? Uh, I think it's kind of a, it's a coin flip. The, the thing about Murray is he's playing against different point guards. So I think it needs, he needs to get used to, you know, guarding them individually. I think he, he's trying to play the same defense against everybody and it's really hurting him. I think he's got to go back to that Bruce Bowen mentality, like go watch the tape on a specific guy. You, you Just for an example, uh, they're playing the Pacers today, which is, I mean, not the Pacers, the Celtics today. Uh, and this is going to air. I don't even know when this is going to air but you know they're, they're gonna play the Celtics so after that Pacers game this guy should really get you know ask the the coaching staff for some film for some video on Kyrie and see how Kyrie plays so he could get into that mentality I don't really think he's doing that um I might I'm that's just my opinion I don't want anybody like to go out he's not getting video he's not accepting coaching or what do you mean he's not doing that I I don't think he's he's uh really studying who he's gonna play next basically because everybody plays differently uh you said Collison, right? He, he's the point guard for Darren the uh, Pacers. The old Sacramento yeah. Kings guy. Well, he's a bouncer. He's a journeyman, man. He's been on the. I, I know at least he was on the Mavs, the Kings, and the Clippers. He's probably been a few other places. Yeah, I thought he was on the Mavs. That's how much I've been paying attention. But, you know, I, I don't think he paid too much attention to him. I just think he tries to play the same defense mm-hmm. every game. Uh, again, that, that's we've got to remember the Bruce Bowen mentality. He, you know, he didn't play Kobe the same way he played Vince Carter, the same way he played Dirk Nowitzki. He watched film before the games and, you know, got into the mentality, okay, this is what this guy does. i got to stop him from doing it. I think he needs to get into that type of mindset, focus on each guy individually because they don't all play the same. And he's going to get distracted. Destroyed by the Russell Westbrooks, Chris Paul, you know, depending who pop, uh, who they play and who uh, pop puts on him. I think he's got to take more responsibility in that way and ask the coaching staff for help. You know, what did you guys do against this guy? Mm-hmm. What, you know, do I have to play him a specific way? If he can shoot threes, kill the three, at, you know, and expect help in the paint. Or if he can't shoot, play, you know, arm's length or play a little bit back, uh, you know, and force him to shoot, you know, make him uncomfortable. I think that's what he's got to focus on. You know, I know this is going to air after they play the Celtics, but if you're if you're looking at the Celtics game, I mean, you just have to believe that Kyrie Irving is going to torch DeJounte Murray. Even though DeJounte Murray's got that huge wingspan, Kyrie Irving's an all-star in this league. He's a, he's a true star. Uh, I think he's just an amazing player. The league sort of agrees with that. I'm wondering if Popovich would put Danny Green on Kyrie and just size him up a little bit better, and then go with a DeJounte Murray against a guy like Marcus Smart, um, or have DeJounte Murray playing the, the shooting guard, uh, whomever that happens to be at the time, for the Celtics. I just see DeJounte... I mean, this is a game where you get embarrassed by a guy like Kyrie Irving. My, my thoughts. I mean, what do, you, what do you think? How do you think the Celtics game is going to go for young DeJounte? Well, I mean, against Marcus Smart, he's just going to push him around. He's gonna ask the ball, you know. He's gonna ask for the ball in the paint, and then Marcus they're gonna. Marcus gonna push around Dejounte Murray. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the the weight difference is gonna be, it's huge. you know, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so you brought up a, a good example there. You you said, you know, what if they put Danny Green on Kyrie? If I'm DeJounte, I would say, you know, how would you guard Ky- Kyrie? Because he's guarded Kyrie before. You know, what do you want to take away from him? Yeah, I, I, I mean, with, with a guy like Kyrie and his skill set, mm-hmm. the fact that he can shoot and he can drive – I mean, uh, DeJounte has to pay attention to the little things. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they pick and roll, who's sitting that pick? Can he shoot? Do you want to go under? Do you want to go over? Uh, do you, you know, are you going to ice the pick? Uh, th- there's a lot of different ways to play it. I think, you know, I-, I didn't think about asking Danny Green, but the fact that you brought Danny Green into the example, ask these guys how they would guard him because they've already guarded him. The fact that, you know, if if Murray can guard Kyrie Irving and then you could switch Green on uh, a Marcus Smart, you know, sort of trying to neutralize that. Now you get the Celtics in a bind. Now where are they going to go, especially with uh, Gordon Hayward out? They, they don't really have those options. So I, I'm with you. I think he I think he needs to expand his defense. I think he needs to ask, you know, get that knowledge in. Uh, you know, Tony Parker, you, you mentioned bringing Tony Parker back. Let's be honest. How much is that going to help against the Celtics right now? No, no, it's Defensively, if all. he gets pushed around. Yeah. Yeah, de- defensively, he's going to have a lot of trouble. And the one thing that I, you know, I would be worried if I'm Parker trying to run around those screens is what if he gets a Charlie horse or, or oh, something? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what if he gets bumped in that quad? Right. I-, I would just be worried at that. So I, you know, I don't think Tony Parker would matter that much. It, um, but I would just ask those defensive specialists or uh, Kawhi get Kawhi involved, mm-hmm. uh, especially since he hasn't been playing. You know, I think he wants to really, you know, when you have a guy away from the court for so long. I think you want to include him as much as you can. So, uh, you know, ask Kawhi questions. Ask Danny Green questions. Those guys who guard the best players and try to emulate or, you know, uh, expand on, on what they think or well, how they would guard him. And, and it's part of the scheme, too. Like, like you're saying, I mean, asking around your team, a defensive first team, there are experts on that squad that can that can help, you know, direct the defense. And, and when I say defensive scheme, I mean, it, it seems like DeJounte Murray is trying to play these other point guards, and, and I'm not trying to give him an excuse because DeJounte Murray, with that wingspan, with that height, I know he doesn't weigh anything, and that's that's problematic. He brought that up with Marcus Smart. But he should be a better defender. We, we thought about him as a good defender. He started the year as a good defender, but he's just getting outplayed right now. If, they, if he executes a defensive scheme, like you know, directing your, uh, you know, your opponent down to a guy like Pau Gasol, who's fourth in the NBA right now with two blocks a game, you know, directing him defensively into the help defense, that's only going to be beneficial to you and then playing those passing lanes down low. So, I mean, Kyrie drives the ball, tries to pass it off. Um, maybe you're playing that lane. Maybe you jump that lane because you've got a guy like Powell on one side. You've got a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge on the other side. Um, these are, you know, Powell certainly is a really good defender. LaMarcus Aldridge is a pretty good defender. Um You've got those opportunities there, but it seems like he's not trying to execute any scheme. He's just trying to play guys straight up, and he's getting burned. When you get burned by Darren Collison, you're going to get torched if you take that same mentality into Boston and try to play Kyrie Irving that way, to your point. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll bring up an, a perfect example on defense, and that's me. I'm 5'5 five five with T-Rex arms. Right. Okay, I, I, when I would go play uh, – when I first started playing basketball, actually, or I got into it, i try to be Jordan, and I'm nothing like Jordan. So then the next – Hold on, you know, hold on. I, Breaking news, you're not like Jordan? Absolutely not. Not even close. Oh, man. I wasn't, I, I wasn't even like – I've had this image of you as, as a little Michael Jordan. Uh, I'm not even like Keith Van Horn offensively. I'm more Bruce Bowen. And, and you know, uh, I, I saw how Bowen would play, you know, guys differently. Uh, and I would just watch guys play. And, you know, this is their sweet spot that, you know. So so if I'm Pop, 
and I know Pop hears these podcasts, of course. You know, it wouldn't hurt to put him on the best player every time and just tell him, hey, they don't all play the same. Go look at this film and, you know, put him on the best player. Because we've got to remember, Bone was scrawny too. He wasn't the toughest guy. Nowadays, guys aren't really that strong. Mm-hmm. I think they're sort of more athletic looking. They're more chiseled. They're quicker. They're somewhat stronger, unless you're LeBron, obviously. But, you know, they're not really incredibly strong so if i'm pop i would just have him you know guard the best player you know uh make him you know accept the scheme of pushing them baseline pushing them to the help and again you know defensively you got to realize again who who's setting that pick can they shoot threes can they shoot long twos you'll deal with long twos all you know right. all day you don't want to deal with threes and, and you know if they cut in again that that's where the help comes in the rotation they help the helper so they'll be helping Gasol or LaMarcus whoever uh whoever's uh helping out in the paint uh with DeJounte so I I just think it's it's just uh accepting that role and again remember he, he's basically a rookie he this is the second year but he's basically a rookie falling into that starting spot uh he reminds me sort of like michael finley his first year with the spurs he tried to overdo it he tried to do more than he actually could uh so you know especially when you watch finley play defense his first year he was overcompensating that defense and they were burning past him i think this is the same uh, example with the murray i just think he needs to accept the uh, the defensive scheme uh not overplay defense uh, and in that, you know, he'll be a he'll be a good offensive player because again, it, once he has that help, there's a lot of outlet passes, and the Spurs like to run. So the Spurs are on this two game losing streak, um, which is tough to say. But just losing a pair of games is no big deal. They're on pace for 51 wins on the season, which is just continues that historic streak of, of 50 plus wins. We expect them to get that, but they've lost a couple of games here. They've got a tough grouping of games upcoming. We'll we'll talk about those in just a second, but. You know, four and two in the year, they lost a couple. But the Warriors have lost uh, where they shouldn't have lost. Uh, got pushed by the 76ers just recently. Uh, the Cavs are losing. They're kind of, you know, the Spurs are kind of just keeping pace. If they win tonight, um, you know, they'll be five and two, which makes them better than Houston record-wise. So they're just kind of keeping pace with uh, with the group of, of uh, elite teams, if you will, in their respective conferences. So, you know, record-wise, it's really no big deal. Uh, over the course of a season, we, and we've talked about this a lot, that you've got to win the games that you're supposed to win. You, you should beat Indiana. You should have beaten uh, Orlando. Because at the end of the season, between a first and maybe a fourth seed, you're only going to be separated in your conference by a couple of games. I mean, we expect the grouping to be really tight at the top. It could make a big difference. You've got to win those games. And they've, they've lost a couple, but they're keeping pace. So a long-winded way to, say, to ask you the question, I mean, does it? do you think it matters that they've lost these couple of games that they should have run away with? Uh, I I think it's fifty fifty. I think it matters because they could have they, they could really build up a lead and then t- take a few games off. I mean, they would force the Warriors and the Rockets to play at one hundred and ten percent for the majority of the season to try to catch up with them. And the Spurs wins win the games that they're supposed to. Uh, but at the same time, I think they're still trying to get accustomed to uh, this free flowing offense. You got to remember last season. Powell came in to a really isolation offense. Danny Green's been used to this ISO offense. You know, he hasn't been comfortable, but he's been playing it for the past two years. He's getting used to it again. Patty's getting used to it again. Uh, one prime example. Uh, did you see the the last up, uh, offensive – or not the last offensive possession. I think it was the last turnover. Uh, I think it was the second to last offensive possession against the uh, Pacers where Danny Green just threw it away. 
No, I don't remember one single play in the course of all of the, the basketball that I watched. Sorry. Then what's Sorry the to let point you down. This? What's the point of this? Oh, well, he threw, you know, Powell was sort of lost because he was trying to set a screen for Patty. Uh, and then, you know, Patty cut to the basket when, you know, Danny got the ball under, right under the basket. Uh, Mills cut behind him when uh, Green had two guys around him. So Danny just threw it like like if it was a hammer play. I really think it was a hammer play. Patty just didn't take the screen. Uh, point is, they're, I think they're getting used to that. Uh, but they're still making sort of boneheaded decisions in that Um as you can see, I'm trying to stand up for Green because he's gotten a lot of flack for that play. It's not his fault. It's Patty's fault for not taking the screen. It's also Powell's fault for not filling in for Patty when Patty had that brain fart. So blame all around. Uh, but I, I still think they're getting used to the scheme, used to getting – I don't think too much playing next to each other. Uh, just used to – they're just getting used to that scheme again because it's – even though it's easy, guys have to be, keep remembering their spots. When you go through an offense where you're just standing around waiting for the ball and if you don't get it, oh, well, that's different than you know moving around and trying to get the ball uh, and trying to get wide open looks. So uh, I, I don't think it makes a difference because they'll keep getting better throughout the season. They'll keep getting used to playing alongside each other, uh, and there won't be that many brain farts. So let's go through the next few games, six games here, starting with the Boston game. By the time this comes out, uh, people will be able to see if we're if we're right or wrong in this. But uh, we'll go through wins and losses. Uh, Boston tonight, win or loss? Uh, well, I'm Nostradamus, apparently. Did you see all those things that I guessed right? Uh, but anyways, uh, you got to follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but and, I, by the I way, think... was that a plane landing in your at your house? Oh no, it was just a car. I live in the ghetto, so I mean, they just zoom through. The, the, even the ice cream truck, you know, you, you'll hear the little <laughs> music and then it'll zoom. Um, I, I think it'll be a loss, and I think yeah. that's where after this loss, they'll sort of try to get everything together. They'll sort of calm down, you know, and, and really try to, you know, scout their opponent the next game individually, not really as a team. They can't really scout that much during the regular season. Fans got to understand that they're not, you know, they can't scout 82, right. 82 games, you know, right after each other. It's it, you, Sometimes you just ad lib it on the, on the way. So I, I think they'll, they'll sort of um, calm down and not try to hurry it up too much. But I count this, the Boston one as a loss. But it, I, for me, it's not worry time yet anyways. No, it's it's a loss uh, for for me as well. I, I think that uh, Kyrie and Marcus Smart, ironically, just torched the Spurs. I think Horford um, counterbalances the contribution of Lamarcus tonight. Oddly enough, because uh, Lamarcus has been playing out of his mind. Um, do you know he's sixth in the NBA scoring? He's a top six scorer, almost twenty six points a game. Um, Who? Lamarcus. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Of course, MVP. Spurs MVP, well, I mean, anyways. he's on his way. I mean, yeah, certainly for the Spurs, but I mean, six in the league and scoring. Um, I mean, he just that kind of contribution, the way that he's playing so far. If that was sustainable, um, I mean, that that might be like most improved. I know that's sad to say, but I mean, he was he was so mediocre last year. I mean, he's killing it this year. So, I mean, twenty six points a game, six and six in the league from a scoring perspective. Uh, but I think he gets counterbalanced with his contribution uh, tonight. The Spurs are just um, – they're they are winning overall, but this seems like a game that they lose just because of the stellar point guard. And actually the whole backcourt, I think Marcus Smart is just a lot to handle. So I think it's a, a loss um, tonight in Boston. And then they go to Golden State. Now, this is – there's no – there hasn't really been any talk about when Kawhi comes back. Uh, I mean, there's always speculation, but there's been no timetable really established unless you've seen something that's popped up today. But uh, this is a game that you would think traditionally 
you know, uh, best team in the league in Golden State. This is the team that Kawhi comes back if he is, in fact, healthy. I think the opposite of that. I think this is the, the, the game, another game. You hold Kawhi back uh, from, uh, so, you, you know, there will be Golden State with no Kawhi. Uh, I think in the middle, LaMarcus is going to have a field day. Uh, and, and I think that he's going to be amazing this game, but I still think that the Spurs lose that game too. So I, I have them going to Golden State with another loss, uh, which makes them four and four in the year. What do you think about the Golden State game? Uh, well, I mean, you mentioned uh, with the uh, you said he was going to have a field day against Boston, right? No, I think he's going to be counterbalanced by Al Horford. So I think he'll do well. I mean, he'll have a twenty point night, but I think Al Horford will have like a a sixteen point night, which is you know basically just count let's, Zero sum game uh, between Al Horford and Lamarcus Aldridge, which is bad for the for San Antonio and Lamarcus is is the only one seriously scoring. I think that he's going to have a field day against uh, Zaza because I I think that Lamarcus will play the five. They'll go small and uh, he'll do great against Golden State, but he'll be the only person doing it. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. You know, with Golden State, I, I think Pop will go. I, I think he'll start off small. I think this is the this is really the changing point in 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 this really in this slump. Uh, you know, uh, he starts pow. Uh, so I mean, that's re- yeah. that's a that's a tall backcourt, but that's a really slow backcourt. Right. If you take pow out of the mix, it, it suddenly becomes fast with Lamarcus at the five. Uh, I think that's the route he has to go. Um, I don't know when Kawhi's going to come back. They haven't really even said anything, right? Kind no. of forgotten about him. The, Tony Parker's taken up most of the attention, I think, on purpose, uh, so that everybody can sort of stay off Kawhi. But you know, and I've had Spurs fans ask, you know, have you heard anything about Kawhi? Is he going to come back for the for the uh, Golden State game? I don't think you want either of them at, you no. coming back for their first game against that team. Uh, especially with that team struggling, we have a uh, built-in excuse as well. If they lose, well, we got, and Pop does this all the time. Like he'll go and go, even when everybody's healthy, he'll sit everybody against Golden State, or he'll sit everybody against Houston. Because if you lose that game, so what? You didn't have your whole team, right? So psychologically, uh, it doesn't pull you down at all, you know. And and if they lose that game, well, Kawhi didn't play. I would rest Kawhi as long as you can have, as long as everybody is losing. Right, the Cavs are losing, Golden State's losing, um, and you're kind of keeping pace with that. I would just keep sitting Kawhi. I mean, why not? He's played so many minutes in the past three years. He's played so many minutes, uh, especially even last year before he went out. I mean, that guy was killing it. And and so this, the more time he can rehab and the more time he can rest, uh, he's just going to be that much fresher later in the year. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, so I, I think he goes. I think he goes small. He has to go small against Golden State. I think Golden State will push them around. But this this has to be the game where the, if the Spurs get punched by Golden State, right. they have to hit. They have to punch back, especially with the rest of the teams. You know, taking shots at Golden State. Have you seen that? Yeah. Now, now it's become the norm. Exactly. Now you know if you're losing big or if you're up big, go after Draymond and yeah. and just piss Draymond off. Right. Uh, and that and even if the Warriors win. I, I think it's a strategy by the NBA. I think really teams are sick of this loaded team with these all stars still playing dirty, still taking cheap shots. Right. Uh, I I I don't think Golden State can really take that type of punishment for 82 games. No. You know, r- right now, especially if it, it's going to take a toll on them, especially in the playoffs. If you have Golden State frustrated for the whole season heading into the playoffs, I think round one could be horrible for them, uh, especially depending on who they play also. Oh, yeah. But if they keep taking shots at them, I, I think Golden State loses their composure and probably loses a, f- a first-round series if it goes that route. Uh, but but I, I this is a series. I'm with you. Play your, your role players. See how they react. 
hope that Golden State, you know, throws a little bit of cheap shots here and there and see how they respond. I think Rudy Gay will respond, uh, you know, with a tough uh, response. I think LaMarcus will respond, especially against Zaza. If you go small, like you said, him against Zaza is not a matchup. Him against Draymond, that's a little bit differently. But then Draymond won't come and try to double team off Rudy Gay. That's why I think Pop has to go small. If I'm Pop also, I put Danny Green at the three. Uh, because I think Green can guard Kevin Durant. I think you go small in the backcourt, as weird as that sounds. I think you go small. You start DeJounte Murray and Patty Mills, and you tell Manu, especially because Manu, is, uh, he's, uh, I think he's getting rest the, the Boston game, if I remember what uh, Jeff Garcia yep, tweeted out. Yeah, so you tell Manu, hey, that Golden State game, you're the backup point guard, uh, and, and you run with that unit, especially with Gasol. You tell Gasol to you know to play aggressive against their backups. Uh, but I really think this is th- this is the perfect game to put out a new scheme, put out is that where you see really Bertans a new unit in that game. I mean, I, you haven't seen Bertans at all. Like, is that the game you see him? I I I'd love to see him be, now that you brought up Bertans. Him starting wouldn't be a bad deal. If you put Green at the three, mm-hmm. you could put Bertans at the two and see if he, well, you know, what kind of trouble he can Just cause. Agitates him, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Clay Thompson, you know, give him different looks. I mean, you could go big in the bat in the front court. I mean, go small in the front court, big in the back court. You know, give Golden State different looks. I think that's why teams, the top teams, are struggling right now because the rest of the league has sort of said, okay, we have to go pretty quick against these teams. We have to be aggressive. We have to shoot a bunch of jumpers. It's no longer post up, you know, your big man and see what happens. I mean, you got to go bang, bang and hope that the other team misses on the other side of the floor. And I really think that's bothered them. I, Golden State has always had that. Um, that leverage against the bigger teams because Draymond is a pretty strong guy. But once you put him against a quicker guy, I mean, it all falls apart. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what's bothering the top-tier teams like the Rockets and the Spurs and the Warriors. Uh, but we'll see. Pop has to neutralize the Warriors. So um, he has a bunch of possibilities. I'm with you. I think this is the game where we see Pop sort of you know throw his hands in the air and let, let's see what happens. Uh, then they go to Charlotte in their next game. Uh, I'm, Dwight I- Howard. Yeah, I mean, Dwight Howard's leading the league in rebounds, uh, which is surprising, sort of. He should be leading the – I mean, he's kind of – I mean, he's has been is a tough is a tough word. Uh, I don't even know why I said it. I mean, but, you know, his, his best days are probably behind him. Uh, but he's killing it uh, from a rebounding perspective. So, you know, he's, he's leading the league there. Uh, I still think that, you know, the Spurs come away with the win, even though you still have Kemba Walker, a healthy Kemba Walker, I believe, uh, for a while, he's had some nagging injuries, but I think he's he's healthy. So you got Kevin Walker, uh, Dwight Howard. That's still that's a little bit tougher than than it may appear. But I still think the Spurs should win that game. But these are the same Spurs that lost to Orlando, so you never really know. But I have them leaving there with the with a win. Uh, again, it just depends how they play. If they try to go big against Dwight Howard, I don't think that works. Because I think he'll push Gasol. You know, oh, he'll yeah. he'll push him around. He'll outrun him at this point of his career. If they go small, uh, I think he has problems with Rudy Gay uh, driving into the basket, and then he has to help off Lamarcus. Or if Lamarcus is posting him up, he has to stay close to Lamarcus. So if if the if the Spurs go small, I could see them even running the table against Boston. You're, you know, I, I know we kind of that. You're talking about the, if if uh, Lamarcus is playing five, and then you put like Rudy Gay at the four. Yeah. Uh, I I could see them beating Boston. You know, I know we counted Boston as a loss, but if Pop goes small, I think they run the table in their next five games. Uh, But, again, it's just depending what Pop does. You know, you mentioned that Pop always is kind of, you know, um, uh, sort of a – 
you know, the losses, he sort of uh, dushes, the, dushes them, but brushes them under the, the rug and all that. You know, he like, he, he, yeah, we didn't play well and so forth. You know what's genius about Pop that I love? He never puts it on himself. Have you noticed that? Like he's all like, yeah, we didn't we didn't play hard enough. They didn't play hard enough. But it's never like, oh my bad, you know. Right. I think that's why a lot of Spurs fans took offense to that Ori jab at Pop with the point four. But that's genius. It's never his fault. Just like with my kids, I always blame the losses on them. I'd go undefeated the whole season all the way into the championship. You know what I mean? Uh, I do. I do. Okay, so you're saying you know, and if Rudy Gay's plays at the four. Just a couple of stats on Rudy Gay. He's getting to the cup frequently, uh, and he's third on the team in offense, by the way, third on the team scored per game. Uh, he and Danny Green actually are tied at 11.8 points per game. But Rudy Gay, 32% of his offense is coming. It, it's all layups. Um, you know, he's shooting 70% on layups, which, of course, you, you should be. But at 12 points a game coming from Rudy Gay, and then you get 12 points a game, uh, obviously, consistently from Danny Green. Don't you like that offensive production out of those two guys? Oh, absolutely. And again, it's a scheme. It's a quicker ball, more ball movement. When you have more ball movement, you get those role players who are just used to standing around, moving around, getting wide open shots, and then they play defense a lot better. So mm-hmm. I think Danny Green's, he, uh, he's the Spurs' most improved player. Uh, and again, you have to thank Pop for really moving away from that ISO offense. Okay, so then after Charlotte, they go to Phoenix. Um, I've got them beating oh, Phoenix. Oh, gosh. That dumpster fire out there. You say the same? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I've I've tagged the Suns. I've offered them, you know, con- to be a consultant because that's – I mean, that franchise is uh, – it's like you said, it's a dumpster fire. They're out – they're really trying to outdo themselves every move or every report that comes out. So right. uh, they can't lose to Phoenix. If they lose to Phoenix, then I would be worried about their determination. I'm not surprised that the Clippers are playing well. Uh especially earlier in the year. They haven't had the opportunity for any drama to really hit. But the Clippers are playing really, really well. Uh, after Phoenix, the Spurs have L.A. Uh, what, what are you thinking? I, I have, for myself, I have them winning that game um, just because it's it's due. <laughs> just a little bit of balance on the year um, so far. But that's going to be a tough game. I, I, I am so impressed by the Clippers uh, responding after losing Chris Paul, they actually seem like a better team. There's just they have just some kind of edge to the Clippers now. You know, they were always kind of like a paper tiger, like DeAndre Jordan. Does, you know, they do all these great alley oops and Lob City and all that stuff. And but they just look like they have an edge to them this year. I mean, Blake Griffin's not laying it in. He he's still got that jumper, but he's looking to get to the rack. It's pretty amazing the, the way that they've um, they seem to have flipped the mentality and they they look like a tough team now. So I, I expect the, the uh, Spurs to win that game, but I think it's tough. And I think they'll lose to L.A. Uh, throughout the year, but um, I, I think they win this one earlier in the year. You know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think they have a chip in their shoulder. I think Patrick Beverly's defense uh, sort of you know pushes them to play that much harder, especially when they have to make up for his offense. But I, I, I think the Spurs win it somewhat easily. Pop is a guy who, uh, again, picks on guys who aren't really good defensively. He'll play off of them. Uh, he'll double-team other guys, you know, the, the main offensive options, double-team the ball. Uh, so I think really you, you'll see uh, you'll see the Spurs maybe double-team Blake Griffin or double-team whoever else, mm-hmm. uh, keep somebody in the paint, you know, help out. Uh, because, again, Beverly can't really shoot. He can't really drive. He's just there. You know, whatever he can give you offensively, you know, that right. it's a – it's really a blessing in that. If he gives you six uh, so points, it's a, that's a winning scenario for them. If he gives you six. 
Yeah, even if he shoots like 30%, I mean, six points is six points for him. So I, I think they pick on him. I, I think it's a rather easy win for the Spurs. And, you know, when they pick on guys like that, if he's the guy that's bringing that defensive intensity, at the same time, if he's causing them a headache on the offensive end like that, uh, it really brings down their motivation. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think they'll pick on Beverly and th- that chip on their shoulder, it won't be uh, there for that game. So I, I think the Spurs will win pretty easy. So who takes Blake Griffin? I mean, do, do you think you see Rudy Gay getting extended minutes against Blake Griffin um I mean who well, takes who, who, him because he's he, Blake Griffin's way quicker uh, way better athlete than LaMarcus and that seems like I mean four on four right that would be the that would be the guy um but you can't play you can't play LaMarcus against Blake Griffin um depends the scheme I, I, would you be asking me what I would do against him yeah what would you do um I would just leave Patrick Beverly open and put, you know, maybe DeJounte Murray on Blake Griffin up top, have LaMarcus or, uh, you know, down in the paint, uh, put Rudy Gay on DeAndre Jordan for those lobs just so he could uh, deter them. You'll still have um, LaMarcus there helping out. But put a quicker guard, longer guy. guy. You've always been that way. How? Like where you Genius? Think, well, you, you know, you've had this argument for three years that we've been doing some show together. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's not that long. Maybe it just feels like it's that long. It's only been two years, but um, where you've always said, you know, put a small guy on a big guy, and it just throws the big guy off. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean that that used to be the same way with the spread. That's where I get my coaching stuff. I mean, like uh, I get that all from Pop. You saw it when. Uh, I mean, Bowen do it a couple of times. Uh, put you know Tony Parker on Sean Marion and throws everybody off. Uh, put uh, Bruce Bowen on Dirk Nowitzki. It throws off the offense because you know a bigger guys on Josh Howard and so forth. Robert Ory, 06. Uh, and, and again, it, I know it works because it, I've played with it. You know, I, I, I've I've done it. You know, in pickleball, they'll put the bigger center on me and I'll body them up. They can't do anything, but they still co- keep going to him. Uh, and it's worked. You know, when when I've been coaching. So I mean. I mean, you just have to get guys uncomfortable because you got to remember every team goes in with a strategy and they go in with the tweak. You know, if we don't get this, well, we'll go to this other option. But when you give them a lopsided type of situation, it's sort of like you're forced to say, hey, we have to take advantage of it. It's mm-hmm. the logic uh, of the situation. So, again, if you have – if you leave Patrick Beverly open for three – Logic tells you give it to that guy and hope he makes a shot. Or logic number two, uh, it well hi little guy. I, I guess your I guess your little puppy's happy today, huh? You can hear that. Uh, yeah, uh, but that's on the other you side. Know, well, you know I'm rich, so I have this amazing huge house, right? And that dog's on the other side of the house. Uh, oh wow! I mean, we should have a video call next time. Anyways, uh, but you know, and then with Blake Griffin, when you have a smaller be guy very on disappointed him, disappointed with my my. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a smaller guy on him, logic number two would be, hey, he's got to take this guy to the room, push him around and so forth, even if he has help. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, I've always been with that. you got to give the offense, if they have a, like how you said, they have an advantage with Blake Griffin. You can't put a small guy on him because he'll bully him around. You can't put a big guy on him because it'll take him off the dribble. So you got to give him a look that he's not used to and the whole team isn't used to. Uh, and again, if you take Patrick, if you expose Patrick Beverly like that, then they got to take him out. And then what happens? You lose that defense. So now you can really score on the Clippers more easily. So, but I've always been that guy. I, I love mind games in basketball. I think, you know, um, 
I'm not a nerd, uh, stat nerd, you know, well, you know, this guy shoots from this side of the field and, you know, so forth, go to NBAstat.com. You know, I'm not, I'm not that type of guy and I'm not like the jock where it's all skill. I think there's sort of mind games in, into basketball and I love it. Absolutely. I'm like the Riddler. That was always my favorite character off of Batman. Uh, okay. So to wrap up the show, let's, uh, let's go power rankings five to one. So the latest NBA.com power rankings came out. Number five are your San Antonio Spurs. That feels right um, for them. To Are you be, serious? Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, I mean they're they're losing games. They should win. So um, you can't put them ahead of people who are winning the games that they should win. So five seems right. I mean, dude, it's early in the year. There's six games in the year. I, that seems right to me. You don't agree? You think they should be higher or lower? Higher. Well, oh, go. because we'll we'll talk why they'll be higher. Well, let's go should. higher. Uh, Clippers are right in front of them. So uh, the LA Clippers are coming in number four. That seems right to me. I mean, that seems right-ish. Uh, number three are uh, the Golden State Warriors. This one's tough for me. because What's their record? I think they're four and two. No. Oh, have, no. Aren't they? They lost to... Didn't they just lose? Keep... Oh, make your point. I'll look it up. Okay, you look it up. Uh, you know, Golden State, they seem to... They don't really have that edge. They lost the first game to Houston. And then, yeah, I think they just lost. Yeah, so they're um, at any rate. There's, but there's they're losing a couple of games here or there. But I, they have so many stars in that team. It, it just it's tough to to see how you would bet against Golden State um, at any point during the year unless there's injury. So, but but I mean, mean what low. are the power rankings for? I mean, like the power rankings are how they're how they're doing right now, isn't it? Controversy. Yeah, yeah, right. How they're doing right now, but they're still they're four and three. Yeah, four and three. Okay, so but I mean, Houston's right in front of them, uh, and they're five and three. Right, so they just have that one extra loss. So, I, but I, I think Houston might be a little bit high. I, I would switch Golden State and Houston here. Number one on the list uh, is the Memphis Grizzlies, and they're five and one on the year. So, good record, but there's no way you're going with Memphis as the number one team in the NBA. I absolutely will. They beat the Warriors and the Rockets. Right now, they should. They're Better than them, absolutely. I would have them have them at number one. I would have the Clippers at number two, at four and one, and then I would have the Spurs at number three. I, w- I mean, yeah, the Warriors have a bunch of talent, but they're not doing well right now. Maybe next week's power rankings, if they win more games, they'll be up top. That's great analysis. So you think the the Warriors then are number four, then Houston's number five? Uh, no, I, I would put Houston four, Warriors five. I mean, right now, to yeah. how they're playing right now, that's how I would put them. And I mean, they're weekly power ranking, so if the Warriors pick it up, I mean, you could always, yeah. uh, you know, bump them up, up them, bump them down. But you know, I, I'm not disagreeing with the with the Grizzlies. They beat the Warriors and the and the Rockets, the supposable one and two seeds, depending on the preseason power rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm absolutely buying them number one. And see, Cleveland's not even on this list. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's becoming a dumpster fire, uh, and I think you know you don't know where that's going because again, LeBron brought his buddies in. LeBron has given them, uh, you know, contracts, that's big right. long contracts. That uh, dude is that, gone. <laughs> that's gone. And, and then and then he drove Kyrie out because of this type of mentality where it's like his team, my buddies are coming in, and then like how you mentioned, well, I'm gone. But then you could keep this team with these overpaid buddies of mine, right? Uh, 
I, I really think this takes a, a huge hit on LeBron's legacy. I'm with you. I think he's gone. But uh, if if things keep going the way they're going right now, I think his leaving might be sooner than later. I, I think too. they would. I, at this point, you have to trade him. If it doesn't look like you can compete in the in the East right now, you have to uh, with. I think you have to, and Dwayne Wade's going to be part of the package. I think they're going to demand for you know Wade to be part of the package, mm-hmm. um, and then I mean that's a whole different scenario where I think they'd land. But uh, yeah, I'm with. I don't think they should be. I don't. Right now, they're not even top ten on my list. They're zero and four against teams that haven't made the playoffs. I think I saw that stat on. Um, oh yeah, ESPN. The, the Knicks just beat them. I mean, it, it's bad out there. Well, that's more to come. That's a different conversation. Let's close this one out uh, because I'm getting sleepy. So uh, this is uh, the what is it? Put a lock on this episode. Is that what uh, Mr. Jeff says? Yeah, put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs. Uh, this is Ryan McCallum. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at RyanMC underscore BS. Uh, my running mate here is Jose Grijalva. You can get him at JRG1023. Uh, follow us. Follow Locked On Spurs. Uh, f- follow everybody. Right, just at like, Locked On Spurs. Just get a bunch of uh, uh, tweets out there. Get a lot of followers out there. That's what we need. We hit over a thousand followers on Twitter. Who does? Ever since I was ever uh, Locked On Spurs. Ever since I took over. Wink, wink. Well, that doesn't surprise me at all. You're you're so um, socially motivated. You got nothing to do except uh, tweet out pics of yourself. I take offense to that. Okay, I have I have notifications on, and when somebody <laughs> tweets something out from the web news for, I'll just retweet it. Okay. That's all. The last controversial tweet that I had was I asked Mario Ellie for a jersey. He hasn't tweeted me back yet. But he will after listening to this. Who? Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Who did you say? Mario Ellie, yeah. Oh, (laughs) for some reason I thought you were going to say the guy from the Locked on Rockets. Oh, Ben DeBose? Yeah, I'm looking for a Ben DeBose jersey. A Rockets Ben DeBose jersey. I'm looking for a Ben DeBose autograph jersey. Pun Pun intended. Okay, let's get off of this before we get in trouble. Okay, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. See you next time.